Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Heels in the Courtroom. This is Erica Slater, and today I am joined by Liz Lenneby. Hello. Elizabeth McNulty. Hi. And Amy Gunn. Hi, y'all. So we were sitting around getting ready to start our recording today, and full disclosure, it's a Friday afternoon. We're still, I don't know, what, year eight into COVID? (laughs) And we were reflecting how this has just gotten long for everyone, obviously. And um, early on in season two, we addressed kind of how we were adapting to the COVID pandemic and work from home. And I can't wait to hear these episodes side by side because I recall a cheery attitude about look at all the things we've learned we've created some efficiencies even though it kind of sucks and we miss each other and now we're sitting here many many months in several months from the thought of a vaccine and if someone told me back in March 2020 that you need to brace yourself for a year year and a half maybe two years minimum That would be a really hard reality to face. I am interested in sharing with our listeners what everyone has been doing as far as meeting the challenges of how our practice has changed. What's the long-term planning without jury trials right now, especially for civil litigators? And just kind of checking in with everyone and see how you are dealing. Not doing well. (laughs) It has been a huge adjustment. I think I've said this on on the podcast before. I'm an introvert. I like being at home. And even as introverted as I am, I am craving just real human interaction. And I know the way podcasts work, you guys can't see us. But right now, the way we are communicating with each other, we're all podcasting remotely and we're doing this via Zoom. And I just, the energy feels different. It's just not the same as being in the room with all of you ladies. And so it's been a struggle. And I think on top of it, COVID depression and anxiety is something that none of us have experienced before, unless you're like 112 years old and you lived during the Spanish (laughs) flu, in which case, tell me how you got through that. (laughs) There's just so much other anxiety about you know, the uncertainty of the future. And I know right now when we're recording this, there's a couple different stories coming out about vaccines and, uh, you know, it's looking more and more positive for 2021. But I keep, I, I just have this little voice in the back of my head that says like, don't get your hopes up too much. And so I, I'm not going to lie. I'm at a pretty low place right now. Can someone please try to cheer me up? Anyone, is anyone doing better? <laughs> I read an Iowa Supreme Court order last week, and it said we are postponing all jury trials until February 1st. Then it said, check our July order for priority when we do start back February 1st. And I was like, got curious and thought, okay, Iowa, Missouri, they're pretty close. Let's see what Iowa did. And I went to the July order. And the July order lists several paragraphs of priority cases, criminal confined, criminal this, criminal that, priority one, priority two, low priority. There was a paragraph called no priority. 
and within the no priority paragraph came civil cases for money damages, which as anyone knows who listens, those are our cases. So we are no priority ladies, none at whatsoever. <laughs> that does not cheer me up. That's the world telling us that we're not important. And that just hurts me. That just hurts me that my cases aren't important, that our clients aren't important. And I know that there are, you know, there are reasons for that, I suppose. But that threw me for a loop because it was just really kind of in your face. You are not getting to try cases. And it took me a few days to kind of get past that. And one of the things that I decided to do now, this is okay. This is embarrassing, ladies, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Over the weekend, I literally Googled hobbies for 50 year old women. I did. I did. Because I was like, mama's got to have a hobby or I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Why are you putting an age limit on it? It just feels like one of those milestone ages that someone researched. And guess what? I was right. Lots of little, <laughs> lots of little blogs and tips for that. Now, a lot of them were arts and crafts. No, forget it. Hiking. All right. For me personally, I like to hike, but that ain't no hobby of mine. Then I finally landed on one. And I promise you, the moment I'd landed on it, I felt better. Okay, you ready for it? Flower arranging. Yes. You know, flowers, fresh flowers are pretty. Anybody who knows me knows that I deliver fresh flowers to myself once a month and to my mother. But I deliver them to myself because I love them and they make me happy. So now I'm going to learn how to arrange them. I haven't done it yet, but just knowing that I have something that I don't have to search about and wonder about, like, okay, it's on my list. So the other things that I've been doing this week to keep me out of the funk is creating lists. Oh, it's pathetic, y'all. But if it's on the list and I can check it off, I feel good about myself. Even if it's something like feed the cat, which I do every day regardless. But if I put it on a list and I can check it off, it's this weird sense of accomplishment. So I've been creating more lists. Every morning I wake up and I create my list and it makes me get through the day. So I'm talking to you, Liz. Get a list. Get a list. But I try to just remember... It's bad everywhere, but I do have to recognize how lucky I am. I will say my son is positive for COVID currently, but is totally asymptomatic. The other three of us are waiting on our tests because we got tested, but we've been in quarantine the last really almost two weeks. So that's been a different, a different level because for a while I was coming into the office a couple of days a week. It just, and just those couple of days a week make you feel better, made me feel better getting out, doing my hair, getting out the door. And so that's been taken away. And so you just have to think of what else, what else motivates you? What else is going to keep me through the dark days of winter? And we're all capable of finding those things and we will. And luckily we've got each other on these kind of days. I feel better already. Amy, I had the same thought too. It's, it's just hard to get the getty up and go during <laughs> a pandemic to do anything because we're not we're not functioning at the same level that we used to. It just, you know, things seem harder to get through. I just finished about three weeks that were really packed with depots. I took multiple depots each week and then go into another 
basically two, two and a half weeks of just back-to-back depositions. Literally over the next month, my paralegal knows that she cannot even offer to schedule anything in that next month because we don't have the blocks of time. So it's been good and bad. Good from the standpoint of early on in the pandemic, we had a lot of trouble getting the other side to agree to go forward with things, certain things remotely. And now that it seems to be this is a much longer term thing, everyone is pretty much realizing that we need to continue working up our cases at all costs and assessing the risks of doing those things remotely or in person or what have you. And it's been bad because you can kind of pack those things closer together because there is no more travel to an expert or, you know, not being able to jump on a Zoom and get something done and then plan another one that backs right up to it. So it's been good because I've been able to get a lot of work done in some of my cases, which quite frankly, I didn't expect. I thought without having trial dates looming that you know, things would kind of come to a standstill. But the good news, at least the legal community in St. Louis and those lawyers that we work with in our cases that are in other parts of the country, everyone's kind of on board, like we need to keep working here. You know, we know this is going to be over. We know trials are coming back at some point and we need to work things up in the interim. Also, full disclosure, I became pregnant during the pandemic. Yay! So <laughs> That's good news. Um, it also makes for kind of a lonely pregnancy, but anyone who's listened to the podcast knows that while this may be my first pregnancy, it's our second kid. My wife carried our first kid, so I'm not too concerned about you know the fanfare that may not surround it. But it does mean that I'm now planning for a maternity leave in a couple months in the context of a pandemic. And Quite frankly, I have a little bit of an advantage there because I'm able to kind of pack some things in this time as far as getting through some expert depots and some really important cases. So that's actually been a a really positive thing. Of course, you know, litigation comes in waves. And right now I'm at a peak of one of those waves of work. It feels good to be busy, but also, you know, poof. I told the ladies I was going to go home and stare at the wall for (laughs) the next day or two now that this, now that I've kind of come to a point in getting through some of these depositions. I had a hearing a couple of days ago where I was trying to get a case set for trial and the earliest the judge would give me was March of 2022. And he said something along the lines of assuming that we're even trying cases by then. And I thought he was joking. And then I realized I was the only person on the Zoom call laughing. And I'm just having so much trouble fathoming March of 2022, still not trying cases. Elizabeth, how are you doing? I guess in the past month, we had some staffing issues on my team. So I kind of stepped up and played paralegal and attorney for a while, which was not great, but it was a good experience, I guess. But I've been working completely remotely since March, and I feel like I've found that everything is just so much more exhausting when you're working remotely, just like very low energy and just everything seems that much harder. I guess I've entered my second year of practice since we last had a COVID update, so while that's exciting, I've, I've conducted everything remotely, which is weird. But one thing I did want to talk about is taking time off. I feel like 
working remotely, it's harder because what kind of excuse do you have to block time out or take a day off when you're just working remotely? How do you how do you set those boundaries? I don't know. I, I haven't figured it out yet, apparently. How do you take a day off to say, I'm just going to like sit inside my house and not work today? I agree with you, Elizabeth. That's been really hard. And I have extended all of my holiday weeks off to kind of spend some time relaxing and resetting a little bit. I also canceled some hearings that an attorney was trying to set in a couple cases all on the same day. And it's in the middle of December. And I looked at my calendar with my wife and it was the only day that she had nothing going on. And I'm like, I'm canceling them all because we're staying home and baking cookies while our kid goes to daycare, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) So there's not a lot of excuses, but yeah, it's still important. Elizabeth, I think you say I'm taking a day off, period. You had said I'm going to take a day off because yada, yada, yada. Take a day off, period. And and that's the mindset. Before COVID, I would take a day off. Right. Now, I would have some place to go, something to do. I would never take a day off without something else already planned. I just can't do it. I can't do it. It's just me. But you're right to take some time off, and it's really – about walking away from your phone or your computer. That's how you take the day off. You walk away from it. I agree with you. Being at home and working from home is like being at work every day, every minute of every day. And that's been a difficult transition. And I have to walk past my tablet and just not log in to the system. And if I don't log into the system, it's a little bit easier But with our lives now, emails are on our phones, texts are on our phones. You just have to set some boundaries and try your best to stick with it. Just stick with it. And do some flower arranging, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I will say the working from home, one of the most, I don't know if difficult is the right word to say, but certainly different aspects of it is now that I don't really have an office phone, I have to make all of my calls on my cell phone, which mean my clients all have my cell phone number now. And I will say the majority of my clients try really hard to, you know, stick to calling me between or texting me between 8am and 5pm, normal business hours. But every now and then I'll get a text at like 930 at night and I have to wrestle with do I respond to this right now? Because then it reinforces. But my brain says it's like a Pavlov's dog. If I get a text, I got to respond. So that's something I've had to learn is to read the text, be aware of what it is, mark it as read, and then I will respond at 9 a.m. tomorrow. That's something that I've had to, to train myself on. You know, it doesn't need to be an immediate response. You can, you can set some boundaries for yourself. Good advice. Definitely good advice, because as we've said many times on this podcast before, you teach people how to treat you, and it's likely that that client was just thought of it and sent out the text. Maybe he or she didn't expect a response, but as soon as you do respond, then that's what you're teaching them to expect in the future. So you have to set those boundaries, and I agree with you. The cell phone thing, I've always cherished my cell phone being pretty private. I don't love giving out my cell phone number. I know that's not very modern, but I don't love it because I do think you have to set boundaries. And it's not that, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, this is my cell phone. I prefer calls at the office. I really don't think anybody's going to be all that put off by that. I really don't. 
I mean, this is a professional relationship. So hopefully that's acceptable. So I have found as time goes on that I've adapted some other things that I had put on hold. Like, for example, we do a lot of reaching out to students at the law school, a lot of mentoring, things like that. Our attorneys often do that. And especially with law students who have reached out, I've tried to make myself as available as I can for like a Zoom coffee, like half hour get to know them, you know, do a little mentoring in that regard. That's not as easy to do and replace like lunches with attorneys that I meet, asking someone to lunch, you know, let's get to know each other. That doesn't seem as easy to translate into that kind of virtual meeting. But at least with several law students that, you know, I've met over the past couple of months, we've been able to do that. And quite frankly, I usually get a lot out of it. Absolutely. I agree with that. So that has been one way that I've kind of kept up that networking. We're looking at hiring our next class of clerks, which we're going to be doing that all virtually. And the good news is I still have, you know, made some connections to some law students who I know will be applying to our clerkship. And I'm starting to get to know them a little bit already. But yeah, it's been hard to kind of keep up those networking connections and those business connections, if you will. Has anybody found a good way to do that, or did you just pick up the phone and check in with people ever? I did attend a virtual event last night with one of the local bar associations does an event for newly admitted women attorneys. I attended that. It was a larger group, and then we had some breakout groups, and I had a lovely discussion. There were six of us in the little breakout group, and it was fun, and And I do miss that. Liz, you and I are similar in our introverted preferences, but still obviously understand there is definitely a benefit to networking. I enjoy it and I miss it. And one of the women, one of the new admittees emailed me today, Erica, as you were talking, I was just thinking about in in the before times, I would have emailed her back and said, let's have lunch. Right. But now I'm like, no, no, girl, you're going to say, good to meet you too. Let's have a virtual coffee. Let's have a virtual something. Let's chat some more because I miss that a lot. And like you, I get so much out of it. And anyone who thinks that that's just for their own benefit is missing it because I love it too. And I love having relationships with women attorneys of all ages. It makes me feel good about our profession. It it makes me feel good about the women who are blazing trails through this. And I enjoy it. So I'm going to work on that. I think what this discussion is telling me is that this sucks. There's no way around it. And it's not getting any better. Okay? It's just... It's not anytime soon. So what are we going to do about it? Since when in our lives, at any point in time, have we left things to chance? Ever? Anybody? Ever? No. It's not our thing. I preach this all the time. What makes me happy? And why aren't I happy right now? It can't just be because of COVID. There's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of things going on, but I can only control what I can control. And if part of what makes me happy is getting out and and meeting newer people and networking and socializing, it can be done, not in the same form, but it can be done. And it's easy just to put my head down and not return emails or whatever with people like that. It's the wrong thing. And we're going to be out of practice, and that's not good. I want to come out of this 
not having missed a beat. And the only right. way that can be accomplished is if we take charge of it. I can't make these courthouses crawl out of their phases any faster. I can't do that. But I can control everything that happens short of a trial. And that's what we should be focusing on. And I've also found as constant Zooms and jumping on and off video conferences all day gets a little exhausting, suggesting a Zoom coffee is a half hour event. And I can always put in a quick half hour with someone and some face-to-face time. And, you know, setting that expectation ahead of time is always good as well. Because then you, you know, it's not something that's going to bleed into other things you have on your schedule. So, yeah, I'm going to focus a little bit more on doing that, too. Elizabeth, how about you? How have you stayed? You've been at home, Mm, right? You went back to your hometown. How have you stayed connected with everyone here? But how have you stayed connected to your colleagues and who you're working with? Me and my team probably meet like once or twice a week. And I talk to my more senior attorney that I work with several times a day. So I think that it's fine and it's working out okay. I think one bright spot in this is that it's kind of pushed the legal industry into like leaning into technology. So like orders can get entered without having to appear and without having to go to a hearing. You know, you don't have to drive an hour outside of where you live to go appear at a hearing where you just need something signed and it's consented to. We're not wasting as much time. I think that the practice itself has gotten more efficient, but there's obviously a downside to that. A lot less face-to-face real human interaction. I hope some of that doesn't go away though. It's so much better being able to jump on a virtual call as opposed to sitting around at a docket that may last two hours and you not be able to do anything else sitting in a courtroom. I totally agree. One thing is that I feel like at the beginning of this, when we all were like getting used to remote work, we had like a lot of like Zoom events as a firm and stuff like that. And I feel like that's kind of died down. And I think probably all like work environments. It's probably the same, not as much like Zoom interaction. I feel like that's probably something that we could get better at because it does feel like this is here to stay and interacting as, you know, a firm or as a company is important to morale as a whole. So I feel like that's something that I think that we should probably try to do better because I think it goes a long way to see people face to face like this. Liz, how about you? What I have tried to get better about during this pandemic is what I am scheduling and knowing what my limits are and understanding how to be a little more forgiving to myself. That's something I've tried to take stock of over the last eight months. I know that if I have things back to back to back to back all day, I'm going to be exhausted. And it's okay if I start work a little later the next day, or maybe I just take the next day off. As long as everything's getting done, there is no point in burning yourself out. And I love the idea of, you know, scheduling these Zoom coffees and trying to do Zoom happy hours. But it's also okay to realize that you can be zoomed out at some point. There is is only so much uh, Zoom I can handle in one day, and that's okay. Definitely learning more to also embrace the technology, though. And And I do agree with everyone that it has made our practice more efficient. And especially right now, it's made the practice certainly safer. But yesterday, I was actually in an in person deposition and 
I had asked defense counsel a number of times, are you sure you don't want to do this remotely? And he was adamant that we were going to do this in person. And so I said, okay. And my client really struggled with the mask and wearing the mask properly. And at one point he sort of coughed into the air and, and the defense counsel looked at me with this sort of look of horror. And all I could do was look back at him and say, this was your idea. I, I don't know what you want me to do. So Amy, you touched on a good point about finding new hobbies. I'm getting the impression that that's kind of keeping you going while some of the work stuff is getting heavy. Anybody else have some good suggestions for our listeners on how to make sure our life outside of work is keeping us elevated? I am lucky enough to be living with my parents again right now. So my mom, I think, has really enjoyed it. Everyone's here working remotely. So some bonus time that wasn't expected, certainly, when I you know, went off to college that I'd be back living with them at 27. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we- I'm kind of jealous of that right now, by the <laughs> way. It could be worse. But we go on daily walks, me and my mom, which is nice. I've been helping with a lot of like home improvement kind of stuff. So that's been fun. Lots of painting, stuff like that. And uh, we put up the Christmas tree and I would recommend decorate for the holidays. I really think it boosts the morale if that's what you're into. And uh, I do a lot of leisurely reading, reading for fun. I think that it kind of helps you escape a little bit. So those are my hobbies. I've been buying extra things for Christmas for months. Like my kid has Christmas sheets this year. The whole family has matching jammies instead of just Christmas jammies for my daughter. So I'm really pumping (laughs) that up. And we're taking a day off to bake cookies. We have actually, my wife and I, because, you know, we're staying in, there's no like date nights. We've had to like figure out a different way to like make it special. So we sometimes have like theme nights. So if we're going to like order sushi or something, then we like take that into other realms. Like, is there like a foreign movie that goes with the food that we're ordering? Or, you know, if it's taco night, like we're probably going to be listening to a mariachi band. I might see if we have a sombrero around. Look. I mean, those are the kinds of things we are doing. And I am here to say it is working. I get jazzed about how many things I can bring into theme nights. I need to copycat this for real. Well, I got the idea from one of my old clerks. She had come over. We were sitting in the backyard and she told me that her husband and her had like a Japanese night and they did like spa treatments and then like got sushi and like watched some movie. And I'm like, what? And I was like, that is what my life is missing. This and it is has good. been and it has been so fun. So that is what is keeping date night alive for us. Okay. Love oh, it. That's brilliant. As far as what I've been doing during my time of sheltering in place <laughs> outside of work is I've actually tried to take this time to connect a little bit more with my heritage. I guess for lack of a better word, I recently got involved in an organization and joined the board of a cultural organization. So I've been learning more about, you know, I'm half Korean, but I don't know really anything about my culture because I've been living here since I was three. And 
so I've been learning more about the culture and then I, I downloaded an app and I have been trying to learn how to speak Korean and, and a neat way that I can connect with my mom, even though I can't physically see her is occasionally we'll FaceTime and we'll go through, you know, whatever words or phrases or grammar I learned that day. So she has an opportunity to teach me something. And that's been really cool for anyone who has immigrant parents, especially if their second language is English. It's really tough and sometimes embarrassing when you can't speak as well as your child can. And I know it's something my mom has always struggled with, and I've never fully understood that struggle. And getting to do this now, I one, I appreciate how smart you have to be to be bilingual, my God. But two, it's been a cool opportunity for my mom to teach me a language when I grew up sort of teaching her English and explaining English words and phrases to her. Now she gets to teach me something. And it's a cool way we've been able to connect with each other, despite not being able to physically be with each other. Love and it. you post amazing pictures on Instagram of you writing the language. And I just stare at them like, she's so smart. And I, <laughs> I will look very difficult. I will tell a very brief story because I think it's a very sweet story and it's my little happiness that I've learned doing this. So one of the phrases I learned in Korean is Baopapo, which if you try to translate it into English means father who loves his daughter a lot. That's sort of it's sort of like a, the opposite of a daddy's girl. But the actual literal translation is daughter, doll, idiot. It's a daughter idiot. If you love your daughter a lot, you're your daughter idiot and I thought that was hilarious and so I posted about it and then I actually had family members reach out to me and say you know that's what we used to call your dad in Korea like that's Aww. what your mom's side of the dad would call your dad because he was just obsessed with you Aww. and I was like I'm 29 and I never knew that I never yeah. knew that Aww. story and so it was a really sweet thing to learn you can learn a new language or you can pick up an art skill there's ways to entertain yourself while you are socially distanced and, and trying to keep people safe and hopefully, you know, get these COVID numbers down so we can try to have a normal life. For sure. Wear a mask. Please. Yes. Just yeah. wear a mask. Wear a mask. Well, I can certainly <laughs> say that to all of our listeners that just jumping on a Zoom with your, hopefully your ladies or your colleagues you work with and having some off time not talking about work is is a good thing. So I've enjoyed so much this time with you ladies this afternoon. And if you would like to reach us at Heels in the Courtroom, please visit our website at heelsinthecourtroom.law. And you can find all of us on that site and email us your comments or suggestions. So hope you've gotten something out of this. It's not so bleak. We're going to get back to it soon. And you're going to come out of this with at least a new language, maybe a new hobby, and definitely have celebrated a good holiday. So thanks so much, everyone. Talk to you next time. Bye. 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 Annyeong. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by The Simon Law Firm. Connect with Amy, Liz, Mary, Erica, or Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law.